hey yo how's everybody doing today my name is wiki i'm just basically just gonna get right into it basically what we're fun to do what i'm going to be doing i'm gonna be reading stories off of wetpad wetpad i've been introduced to wetpad since um i would say middle school since 2012 since middle school but i i kept on reading and i didn't make an account until like 2012 it's either january of 2012 or december of 2012 that's when i made my account officially but i was reading on wattpad for like two years before then so i'm guessing 2010 so i will say 2010 2011 i was introduced to wattpad fell in love with it since then i've been i would even if i go like a few months without reading wattpad i would always come right back to it at times it's a little hard finding good books and i'm very picky about the books that i read but over time i've found a lot of many great stories and just recently i was thinking i've been on here for so many years and you know i read some of the comments and i sometimes comment myself and it's just very some of them are really entertaining as fuck you know and so i'm like the idea i'm like i should read this out loud you know put in my two cents you know why not put in my two cents and stuff so that's what's going to be um happening i'm going to be recording myself reading the stories so i'll read them and then afterwards i'll comment and stuff even throughout the reading i might stop if something shocking happens and put in my two cents so this is not going to be like um very formal or anything like that it's just going to be me chilling reading and just recording myself reading out loud i usually only read in my head so it's going to be a little challenging to read out loud but we'll get through this it'll be fine i will be okay um so we're gonna jump right into it because i just started a story and i'm like i'm not gonna keep on going because i read the, the pilot and i'm like this would be a good story for me to read out loud to you know so we're just gonna get right into it this story that i'm gonna be reading out loud is called picasso's promise it is written by um username and her at on wattpad is s-u-m-e-y-a-a-l-i-n-g-t-o-n all right reading Picasso's Promise so it's book one and I'm gonna start off with the summary Picasso is the polar opposite from the spoiled rich teen Sydney Webster Sydney loses it all in an instant when she hears of her father's death leading to their worlds to collide Kicked out of the mansion she called home in Malibu, Sydney is forced to move in with her aunt and her three kids in a tiny apartment. Sydney goes from attending prestigious schools and and yacht parties to having to walk through the metal detectors before entering homeroom. Gang violence brewing inside the school and a posse of mean girls ready to put Sydney in her place and remind her of where she's at on the food chain. Luckily for her, there's a savior in the chaos. 
Picasso Hudson. He's covered in tattoos, the star athlete on campus, and has a criminal record. He isn't welcomed by her aunt once Roman sparks into the air, disapproving her interactions with him. There's a reason for her warning. It's Sydney's job, though, to unearth the startling truth somehow along the way. It leads her to learn about the underground world she was so hidden from. And some disclaimers is that this is a companion book to Tethered Hearts, and you do not need to read that book to understand this story. Now, pilot. Disclaimer, trigger warning. Before reading this book, I should warn you about the content in this novel. This part is dramatic, but most of the story is not this sad, I promise. There will be death, violence, some drug and alcohol usage, abuse, bullying, excessive use of profanity, suggestive language, sexual themes, and triggering adult themes. Topics such as suicide, child abuse, and different forms of harassment. If those kinds of things bother you, please do not read or listen as I'm (laughs) reading this out loud to this book. You know, before I start reading the pilot, I just want to put it out there that I do not mean to copyright any thing. Um, None of these books are my own creations. I've, like, as stated before, this book was written. I gave the at, the title's name, every rightful ownership belongs to the owner's of this product i'm just i'm just reading aloud i'm just using this as none of these none of these things i'm about to read are my own words these are the words of the author and the story author's creation and all this mumbo jumbo okay now that it's out of the way we're going starting off with the pilot 2008 Compton, California. Picasso's POV point of view. The first person I ever thought of killing at the joyous age of eight years old was my stepfather. For me, to be that blunt, most would conclude that I didn't have the best surroundings during my upbringing. Which I could deny it, I considered myself a product of my environment. I wouldn't say my home was any different than the people in my complex. Violence was normalized quickly, leading adult matters to spill into my adolescence far sooner than for most my age. I picked up a gun at seven, shooting at bottles, and stole the keys to my mom's van at 12. Growing up with minimal parental guidance led to an interesting childhood mostly bad but i still had all my fingers and working limbs so that was a bonus the shaking walls echoing shouts of screams pouring in from the alleyways and bickering that could be heard from the parking garage was typical i didn't know if a real relationship could exist without broken glass on the kitchen floor and police reports The model I was shown at a young age taught me that a restraining order was part of the agreement, and so were shattered cabinets smashed in the heat of a fight. 
Sweet, gentle moments between my parents were few and far in between. And that, in the end, was why I was happy when my mother walked away from the burning building we called a home. The tipping point for my sister and I was the morning my mom, my mother, decided to leave him for good. My mother and sister had exploded into an argument late in the night when mom came home crying. She had arrived alone, running into the house and locking the door as though she was fleeing from the clasps of death. If she was frightening anymore, I feared her eyes would fall out of her sockets from how terrified she looked, trembling by the entrance. Having seen so many of their fights, even at that age, I knew not to react so soon. This was a new tactic of mine, mainly because I was sad about the last attempt I made to comfort my mother. During her last breakdown, I had swiftly gone to her side and wrapped my arms around her. The second my arm... Sorry. The second my hand looped around her neck, she pushed me into the wall, scaring me away from her for the rest of all of the day. The second my hand looped around her neck, she pushed me into the wall, scaring me away from her for the rest of the day. It wasn't until bedtime when she snuck into my room with an apology in the form of a new toy. We didn't talk about what happened after that day. For that reason, I pretended as if I hadn't seen or heard anything, allowing myself to be absorbed by the glow of the television. There was something freeing about the act, escaping the conflict ensuing in the living room. I had family matters reruns on, hating every second of the gleeful people I saw grace the glass screen. Why can't I be like you? I had wished. At that point, despite my youth, I sensed that there was something off about the arrangement of my family. It was stark in contrast to the loving married relationship I saw represented on screen, blossoming a form of resentment towards these grinning strangers. We have to go. At once, my sister's words made me pay attention. I had my eyes shifting from the TV to the two sorry to the two of them. Rory, my sister, had her arms blocking the path to the hallway. She was just a sophomore in high school, but she was the same size as my mother. Two summers ago, she wouldn't have gotten to eye level with my mother, but it wasn't the case now. I'm not hearing any of this, my mother hissed. Let me get some sleep. You aren't going into that room. You're worse than that because you decide to stay every time. I will not be spoken to in that kind of way. Why not? At least what I'm saying isn't as bad as what Richard calls you. Don't, she hissed. You can't address him by his name. I told you if you start doing that, Picasso will. He's not my father. I don't have to respect him, Rory spat. Why should I respect the men I have no blood relation to and continues to hurt my mother? I shouldn't like him. Rory didn't allow my mother to forget what went down that night. She gave her an ultimatum. Either she would finally do a new report on Richard or Rory would do so herself. In the morning, my mother woke up with a new vigor taking over her spirit determined to make her first try at wiggling out of the grasps of my stepfather. Knowing his schedule well, 
She brought us both to his apartment so that she could pack up all of the things she had there. Rory and I had clothes there as well, thrown in the spare bedroom that we shared. Go into the living room and stay there, Rory said, patting the top of my head. I won't take very long. You don't have to do anything. I came along to ensure my rock collection wouldn't be forgotten and traveled to our house safely. I had started a collection of the summer we stayed at his apartment all break, staying in the spare room due to the bug extermination going on in my actual bedroom. It took time, but I managed to fill three shelves, rattling with rocks of assorted colors, shapes, and classifications. Y'all, ain't that cute? <laughs> Anyways, back to the story. This was, and always will be, the nerdiest stage of my life. I was proud of my little achievements, cleaning them regularly and pushing around the cart that held them for afternoon walks. Having heard my mother emphasize the importance of sunlight, I thought the rocks needed vitamin D like humans did. <laughs> the plastic white rolling cart was four shelves tall and made mobile by the black wheels attached to the bottom. I had it to the left of me now, inspecting the number of rocks I had, while my sister and mother tossed clothes into duffel bags and suitcases. They moved fast, periodically checking the time as they worked. They were alerted, not from my own voice, but by the crashing noise of my cart falling down beside me. It had missed me by a few inches, spilling on the carpeted floor. I cried out at the mess, going to pick them up. There was no use. I was being grabbed by the collar, collar the moment I began touching them. From behind, I was snatched up and pinned to someone's chest. Leave me alone, I screamed out, a sob ripping out of me. I beat against their body with my legs, fighting as much as I could. You aren't going into that room. You will not be telling me what to do. I clearly need to when you make choices like a child, Rory said, punching the wall with her closed fist. I'm sick and tired of this. You promised me you wouldn't leave if he pulled the shit again. He ain't do anything. I can see the bruise, Mom. Rory moved, she ordered. I don't want to talk about this. I was wrong, Rory sighed, relaxing her hand and dropping it up to my mother's shoulder. Wrong? Wrong for calling you a child, she added. A child doesn't befriend the bullies that hurt them. Quit crying over some fucking dirt. I froze at the order that came from Richard, taken over by terror. His breath was hot, digging his nails into my ribs as he walked me out of the living room and into the bedroom my sister was in. She dropped the shirt in her hands, peering with an unreadable expression dancing on her face. From behind the door, my mother came into view, carrying two duffel bags that were ready to burst by the zipper because of how tightly packed they were. So that's why you aren't taking any of my calls, huh? He asked, suspiciously calm. You too busy with this nonsense. I told you, Deja, we can talk this out like we always do. This ain't no different. This is different, she said, hiking the duffel bags as they began to slip off her shoulder. I can't do this anymore. I can't keep doing this to my kids. They deserve better than this. 
My knees hit the floor first. The burn of the rug irritated my skin, making me caress the place of impact and crawling away from the room. I didn't feel at ease in the presence of my parents, something I was used to, and went for a hiding spot. Please, Richard, my mother pleaded. Don't start any trouble. Let me get all my things in peace. Let me leave in peace. We don't have to make things get complicated. Wanting to miss the show unfolding before me, I slinked away from them, but I hadn't moved quick enough. I watched in fear as my stepfather picked up one of the packed suitcases and crashed it into my sister's back. Her knees buckled under her, colliding to the floor and hitting the corner of the frame of the bed on her way down. Keeping a cold exterior, he lit the end of his cigarette as if he did nothing wrong. My mother went to my sister, who was swearing. In a fury, my mother stormed up to him with her finger pointed at him. A part of me sensed pride, seeing my mother, my mom finally stand up against him. It didn't take much before my mom's screams outperformed my sister's, screeching from the contact of the hot burning ember of his lit cigarette meeting her face. What the she did not oh my gosh okay back to the story it didn't stop there what coiling his large fingers around her throat he pressed her into the door of a closet holding her in place you don't fucking scream at me please not here she begged and for a moment i wonder if this was her biggest fear Dying in front of her children in the hands of a man who supposedly loved her, cherished her, but in reality didn't give a damn about her. I was the only one, as I could see, who was capable of ending the mayhem. My sister was caught up in her own pain, unaware of the croaking coming from my mother. Something greater than myself took control of my body charging at him with the confidence of wanting to knock him off my mother. I was, of course, barely much of a match to a full-grown man. When he didn't flinch a, flinch a bit, I yanked the hem of his dress pants and sunk my teeth into his hairy leg. Ow! What the fuck? He shook his leg, but it was pointless. I hooked my arms around him, wrapping him in my limbs, wrapping him with my limbs in the way that had made me latched onto him with no sights of releasing him. Get him off! I watched carefully, and when I saw his hand drop from around my mother, I untangled myself from his leg, scooting backwards and into the dark hallway. Richard checked on the bag I left, wincing while his fingertips ran across the teeth marks. A saliva string held onto the pad of his thumb, cursing. I didn't have weight or strength on my side, but I had my size and speed to use as my advantage. Richard was overweight, a heavy smoker, and had a bad knee from his years of manual labor. I took his moment of disbelief at what I'd done as my chance to run. Heading out the apartment and knocking on the door of the resident who lived across the hall. 
Rory congratulated me later in the car. I didn't think you had it in you, she said, looping her arm over my shoulder. You got him good. You think so? We're packed up and ready to get on our way. Richard's neighbor had called the police for us. Down the parking lot, I could see one of the police squad cars in two spots at once. They were still questioning him, no doubt, in his apartment. You really did, Rory assured me. I think Richard will have it for life. Good. Richard deserves it. Hey, you can't say that. Yeah, I can. He's my stepdad as much as he is yours. He's not your stepdad, Picasso, Rory concluded. He's your dad. No, he's not. I refuse to accept. I met my... I met my eyes to the rear view mirror catching my mother's gaze. She's lying. Why do you think she always made you call him dad? He's your dad, my sister said. My mother's silence was enough. Mom always says he's not your dad when she wanted to piss him off in fights. He's your dad. Quiet now, Rory, my mother said at last. But that wasn't a denial. I wasn't aware of it then, sitting through the car ride, but this wasn't the end of Richard and Deja. The war they created wasn't over that day. The following year, my mother returned to the man she promised to never see. The back-and-forth relationship, tiresome and redundant, will go on to spin out for 15 more years, and most importantly, ending with a tragic, untimely death. For that reason, I still referred to Richard as my stepfather, regardless of what I learned that day. It would always be only that and nothing more, even if it wasn't the truth. And that's the end of Pilot. And oh my God, first of all, first of all, that was great. I love the imagery like i can see it happening in front of me i can see the my favorite part was the biting and the author describing you know like um when he passes in over it and you saw the string of saliva that is gonna stick through my mind all throughout but that was awesome and oh my gosh picasso is such a cute little boy <laughs> i i thought it was funny the part um with the rock collection <laughs> And him thinking that the rocks needed vitamin D because his mom told him he needed vitamin D. Oh my gosh. But what's sad though is his environment and what I've, the little bit I've learned, like him picking up a gun at eight and selling his mother's car at 12. Oh Jesus. I wonder though who died. Like right now, that's my first question. <laughs> I wonder, okay, my my two guests right now, I'm leaning more towards Rory because I think Rory might die because she already got hurt as a result of this shit, you know? You think that his mom might die too, but I, I feel like, I don't know, it'll be much more, I don't know in my heart my heart is telling me that Rory finally be the one with the untimely death but at the same time it could be Deja um Picasso's mom huh you know 
I, I, anyways, let me know what y'all think. Who you guys think is the untimely death is about? I, right now, I'm leaning a lot towards Rory. Um, Rory or Deja? Rory or Deja? Let me know what y'all think. All right, so this was the pilot of Picasso's Promise, written on Wattpad, written and published on Wattpad um, at, by the user at S-U-M-E-Y-A-A-L-I-N-G-T-O-N. That's at Sami Allenton or Samaya Allenton. I don't know. But I don't know how you say it, but oh, Sumeya E. Allenton. So Sumeya Allenton. Hopefully I pronounced it correctly. Another thing about me as I end this um, first recording is, yeah, I should know I'm from the islands. I'm from the islands. Um, English was not my first language. I love reading, yes. But keep in mind, there's a lot of things that I'm going to mispronounce. I'm not going to know how to pronounce that. I might have to stop Google <laughs> to see how you pronounce it. But we're not here to judge. We're here to just listen to a story and speculate and have fun and just chill, you know. So let's keep the conversation going. Let me know what you guys think so far about the story. And who do y'all think is going to die? Because <laughs> even the movies and shows that you're watching, it's always like, ooh, who's going to die? Who's going to die? You know? Yep. All right. Y'all, thank you for listening in to this first um, recording of Picasso's Promise, written by Samaya Allenton. It's your girl, Wiki. Until next time, y'all. Deuces.